Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, and joining me all the way from the land of the Red Dragons is the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Steve Parsons. Good evening. Or you can start referring to me as the UK's top ghost hunter. Huh? <laughs> That's... You saw the article in the Seacoast Online. UK's get... top ghost hunter. Yeah, don't even get me started on that one. Why? You commented huh? on it. Got you. You were mentioned too. That's nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a good article. It was balanced. Fake and news. It, and it did really well. It complimented that you. It, uh, uh, be careful what you're saying because it was uh, fake news. It, it went far and wide over Twitter. Just um, how how good your hot chocolate was. Yeah. So whatever. Was that fake news? Yeah, probably. Oh, okay. Anyway, you know how you're always asking me questions? I was thinking no. today. Yeah. Did well, it hurt? Have you been at the fruit punch again? Mm. Anyways, I got a great, great, another another interview, a live interview with a person yeah. who witnessed... Uh, I, I, ch- while we're ch- on the subject, I'm still waiting yep. for the for the Puckwudgie tape. To what? Yeah, you remember. No, I don't. Well, you should do, because you dragged it onto your desktop and never emailed it me. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, continue. Yeah, this is going really well, I can tell you that much. <laughs> All right, so anyways, I have no idea. Where was I? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, I was trying to ask you a question, but... You, oh, you, you can, can ask me a question. Go ahead. No, no, free. no, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I just wanted to mention that uh, uh, I did get another interview for uh, a person that uh, witnessed uh, Champ, a uh, longtime resident Ooh. of uh, Lake Champlain. And so, you know, I've got another one. Uh, so if you have a story about sea, sea monsters or lake monsters or whatever you want to call them, uh, you know, email me at neghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, and I would... I'm doing a documentary on it, and I would love to uh, speak with you about it, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, be careful, folks. He did that to me, and we ended up stood on a cold, wet beach, and then he doctored the photographs to make me look stupid. No, no, that's the way you normally look. <laughs> anyway, you know, because I've I've spent quite a busy week writing this week and reviewing. Did it hurt? My God, you're working today. You're reading articles. My God, tweeting. That's <sighs> what I do. Anyway, and it got me thinking because I've I've been reading through a lot of uh, investigative. Investi- you gonna let me finish a sentence tonight? I suppose. <laughs> okay, let's try again. Anyway, I've had to be. I've uh, as part of the back reading for the research. Yeah. I've been trawling through um, quite a lot True. of case reports. Quite a lot of case reports that are appearing on 
the different media. And as the week's gone on, because um, this started middle of last week, it's it, it's kind of got more and more depressing. And I've started to realise that, you know, wondering and questioning, are we flogging a dead horse? Are we actually capable of, um, first of all, change, uh, finding the answers to anything? And B, how are we going to deal deal with this situation where it seems to be getting crazier and crazier and crazier out there? Yeah, you know, I mean, do you feel like, are you sometimes feel like you're banging your head against a brick wall, or is it just me? I, I, I'm not sure what you're really saying in, in reality, well, banging your saying, head against a brick wall about uh, well, regarding... Regarding our interests, and, I mean, you run paranormal CSI, and you have the red light sciences, and you try and educate people, you reach out... And you, you do educate Yeah, as do I. But do you not think that the, the paranormal world, particularly as it relates to ghost hunting, and um, is just getting crazier, batshit crazy, to the point where we are just becoming like lost voices in the wilderness? And, you know, I've been questioning, is there any real point and worth in continuing and doing what I'm doing? Hmm. Well, because see, it does, you're doing, it does, I'm not sure what you're doing. And I mean, I, I'm doing to try to find answers and, uh, you know, education if someone's interested in what I do. But I'm not here to preach to the to the people. I'm not here as a, a redeemer. I'm here as well, to find answers able... and to share my uh, my. Uh, well, that's very noble and laudable, but you're overblowing my thing here because you make out. No, I didn't. Choose you or anything. I'm just saying that so uh, o- overblowing what what I did because I I'm not in it to educate either. Like you, I'm primarily or started out interested yeah. in finding answers to yeah. satisfy my own curiosity. However, in the last decade, that has evolved into like with you and paranormal CSI and the study group, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, where you want to share what you have learned with exactly. other people. And that, that's what you, that's what. That's why you've written those books and that's what acoustics. That, and, well, that's uh, what you do, and yeah. that's why you know that's how we learned from Peter Underwood and Andrew Green and, right. and all the others who went before us. Yeah, even but, uh, you know. <coughs> but in but, recent years, particularly the last two or three years, yeah, you've got television programs like the Tennessee Wraith Chasers. You've got Zach, obviously, <laughs> with the Ghost Adventures. You've got the you've got all manner of batshit crazies out there who are extremely influential, have a huge following, yeah. and are having an obvious effect on what you know what it is that we were most interested in doing, and that is going to locations and finding answers. I it just seems to be more and more frustrating year on year. Hmm. Now is that just me or do you feel that too? I think you're you taking just, it too personal. I I'm not taking it personally at all. I'm just frustrated. But, uh, you know, I mean people are gonna people will do what people people do. And that's if they find something that they're they're into, that's what they're gonna go with. No matter I mean, that's why we have cults. That's you know, people even if it's you know, that's why you have tons of flat earthers out there. They find something and they, they like it and they want to stick with it, even if it isn't 
based on any fact or truth. But, uh, you know, we can't change their minds. That's for damn sure. Uh, they're no, they're into but it. it. I, I, I absolutely agree. We can't change the mind, nor should we try. And right. nor should go along and say, I am right, you are wrong, and this is the only way to do things. But isn't it also incumbent upon those with some experience yeah. uh, to try and share that experience? You should, yeah, it, and you do. If nothing, if nothing else, do. it's it, well, if nothing else, it's altruistic. But what I found increasingly don't frustrating... You, don't you is, share your experiences? Aren't you doing that? Well, yes, I am, but it's increasingly frustrating because, firstly, uh, the situation means that uh, I cannot do the thing I would love to do the most as often as I would like, which is to go to places and explore. Uh Uh, And secondly, that whereas a decade ago um, there was a more receptive audience who were, like I was when I started, quite keen and interested to find out more about the subject. You know, I, I, I would watch the documentaries, I would read the books, I would seek out those who had gone before me. Now, I don't, you know, I'm trying not to sound bitter. And, and 10 years ago, people did reach out and did, uh, you know, said, what do you think of this? And how does this work? And what does that do? And... But now, increasingly, um, they, they they send you stuff. I had one the other day. They they sent me a photograph, and they asked me for my comments on it. And I sent them mm-hmm. my comments, and then they then they told me I was wrong and that they were right. <laughs> I know. I I began to wonder what it was. You know, why did what was the motivation for even sending it? Um, so they I, I verification, but you well, couldn't verify them, it, so you evidently you must be wrong. Well, I asked them what you know. Well, why did you? If you think that I'm wrong, why did you even send it me? Um, mm-hmm. And um, what was their response? They blocked me, <laughs> 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 and immediately unfriended me on social media, which I thought was so, the most there you go. Yeah. I mean, like, a couple of weeks ago, we had. Um, as I said, I've spoken before about this local paranormal team down by us, and God bless them. They, they, when they set up, they went and did one of these short online um, para courses, mm-hmm. uh, which gave them qualifications as a parapsychologist. And I know our our, our mutual friend Cal uh, also um, a messaged them about the validity of the uh, qualification and suggested some some. Other, uh, other ways that they might, you know, if they were interested, that they might to pursue, follow up. Um, which resulted in both Cal and I getting unfriended and blocked. Right. <laughs> it's, it's really a very strange and bizarre situation that we're encountering. And you, you, people who have, you know, I mean, like this group, they've entered the field a few, uh, well, they started after I got back from uh, New England. They're that brand new, the shiny new. Uh, they uh, they already done, have degrees. That's pretty good. Well, they've done their first investigation two weeks ago, and they wow. have an absolute veterans. Well, it's not that they. Uh, you see, when I did, it's not the the fact that they're. Uh, it's it's the absolute certainty that they have in themselves and what they're doing, and this unshakable belief that they're right. And that if you try to 
or anybody says otherwise, mm-hmm. they immediately do the social media thing of the equivalent of sticking the fingers in their ears by shutting you down and removing you from... So... Uh, it's a very isn't strange that, wait, mindset. Is, wait a minute. No, isn't, it isn't. Because isn't, isn't, that what, no, isn't that what social media is all about? If you're supposed to go with friends and, and people who are like-minded, evidently mm-hmm. you're not like-minded because you don't think the same way, so they just got rid of you. It's simple as that. It's just well, like weird, that. The weird thing was... If this... I was, you know, a, a Democrat, yeah. and, and uh, you well, know, and I had Republican friends, and, and they liked Trump, and I didn't, they would, uh, you know, and, and I said something, and... They might block me, but that's because of my beliefs and are different than theirs. And that's with social media. You want to be with that thing. You want your want, your friends to say, oh, you poor thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're doing good. Isn't that great? You don't want people to say, well, that's not right. Or, oh, that's not, oh, no, you can't have that. You know, so. No, I, I, I get that. I do get that part. But yeah. what's perplexing about this is this group, I didn't. Follow them. I didn't seek them out. I didn't reach out uh, an olive branch or make a friend request. They did it to me. They started following me on social media. They sent me a friend request. Then they sent me um, uh, some other stuff. And then they blocked and deleted me. Mm. uh, That strikes me. It's... I, I don't know. It just seems that it's a bit topsy-turvy. Well, the first person, I mean, the reason they, 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 they connected you in the beginning is because you're, a, well, the top ghost hunter in the UK. Well, so, I don't think, I don't think it, that's the real reason. No, wait a minute. Let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. Then they, they said, uh, uh, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm, I'm now he's the top ghost hunter, so I'm associated with him. That makes more credi- me more credible. So there you go. Well, uh, that might have been the case if that had happened before the article, but the article... they Well, they I know that, but or, you, you yeah, s- you're but, certainly well-known in, 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 in the well, UK. Well, I think what's really happening is okay. that the likes of myself, Cal, and others who are being sort of followed by these groups or um, stalked by them, I suppose, wouldn't be unreasonable, um, is, is because they're after... Because what they then do is post onto your page um, all about themselves, begging right. for likes. And I think what yeah. they're really doing is just using you as a as a step right. up, absolutely, to to gain oh, look, more attention Cal, from Cal themselves. Cal likes us, so yeah, like us too. Well, it's not even a case of Cal likes us, like us too. It's oh, they're a case on the of, page, so you know that's right. That's what I mean. They're exactly. If, if yeah. you accept, if you accept the uh, request. Then they write all over your page, which you then have to go and remove because obviously you don't want it, or you might want it. And but it's not it's not all of that. I can social media. I don't really play with anyway. But what what's interesting um, as a a people person is that this mindset that has developed in recent years, where absolute certainty comes so very, very quickly, particularly in an area where we don't have certainty. That's for sure. And we acknowledge that we don't have certainty, and that those people who are prominent in the field take great pains to say that there is no certainty, despite you know, over a century and a half of people looking and studying the phenomena. Um, 
but these people whilst they you know they have this absolute certainty that what they're doing and the results that they're getting are both uh, credible and uh, what's the other well you, <laughs> credible and certain I think is is, is, is is probably the word I'm looking for there okay that they that they in weeks days a few months um, have managed to achieve or can achieve more than uh, other research or uh, has been able to achieve in a century and a half and if anybody does challenge them they then point out that a century and a half of research there are no experts and you can't criticise them and that they're right so there you go but doesn't that strike you? So what's, no, what's well, the I, I think There's no loss, well, I, the way I look at it. Well, it is <laughs> a loss. Someone who's not serious no, about what no, they're doing. No, it, it is a huge loss. And what, why it's a huge loss is because the more people that adopt that attitude, and what, what, I, what I have absolutely seen in the last 20 years is a movement where, because of this cocksure certainty and this... Um, walled-in attitude that these groups and people are now developing, which they're reinforcing on social media, is they draw they're drawing uh, away from groups or organisations like academic uh, academics like the SPR, like ASAP, uh, like other organisations, because they don't see that they that they have any value to them. And what's hap- what, what, where it is most damaging is that there is now no cross-pollination between academics uh, and us in the community because the academics see these people as being, well, they're not really worth bothering about because every time we try to help them, they snap our arms off. So it is it is absolutely damaging. And the reputation of field investigators, um, if we, we revere, don't we? We, 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 we talk up uh, Tony Cornell and Alan Gould and Andrew Green and, and Harry Price and others, uh, Peter Underwood and Elliot O'Donnell. And we, we respect what they've done. Uh, and we respect the work of the SPR and other organisations. And we try to work with them. But these modern generation of investigators, the TV generation of investigators, are driving a wedge in. And it's damaging the, 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 the links between the two, between the two sides of the subject, the study of the subject. Okay. No? Yes? Fine. That's your wasn't opinion. That's your opinion. That's not much to. Wasn't rants? I was asking for your views. I, I pretty much gave them that it doesn't really bother me one way or the other. They have their own agenda. They're going to follow their agenda. It doesn't affect my agenda in any shape, form, or, um, or really? manner. Yeah. It, so you've noticed it doesn't. So you've not noticed any difference in what you were doing twenty years ago. Of course, access- there's a difference. There are, there are more. It's just like. You know, if if you were driving a car 20 years ago versus driving a car now, there's, 
for 20 years ago, you, you had plenty of, you'd never got traffic jams. The roads were open. Now you're in traffic jams all the time because there's more cars on the road. So it's very so, similar So it is that. affecting you. It is affecting what you do. Well, they're doing, but in reality, uh, I am part of that cause because I've taught people how to investigate and uh, methods of investigation and through the years, and they've gone out and they started their own groups and started their own paracons, started their own events, and uh, th- that's what. So I am just as much as part of the the cause of this is is uh, you know the TV shows. It's but so it's your I've, fault. Yeah, I'll take the blame on that. I mean, I've had so many people that, that come up to me through the years that uh, that I've associated with and, and have thanked me for giving them their start. And, you know, it's it's for good, bad, or worse that I was the one that gave them their start. I, they learned something from me to, to do whatever they're doing. So, you know, it, it is what it is. I am part of the cause. As as well as anybody else who who teaches this uh, thing, it's a, it's the same as Plato teaching Aristotle teaching, well, vice versa, whatever. No, Socrates. Wait a minute, I always get those mixed up. Was it Socrates, Aristotle, no, and Plato? One of them. Right? One of them drank hemp, didn't they? Yeah. So Socrates was first, then it was Aristotle, then Plato. So I think that was the work. Socrates, Aristotle was the student of. Socrates and Plato was the student of Aristotle. I believe. I could be wrong. Uh, the art is there, but one way or the other. Socrates is the original, though. I remember that. So there anyway. you go. So, so anyways, that's my opinion. Uh, I'm the blamer, so I'll take it. Well, that's okay. But I uh, say, just I've no, I've become, I've always been aware I of. Know, the, it bothers uh, you so much, and uh, didn't say it bothered me. I, I, I said I've been. It does because become... you talk about it a lot, which you know, I, I just well, like, wow, just let well, it go. No, I, Concentrate on what you do. <laughs> oh God. Well, the great philosopher there. Um, it doesn't bother me, but it does. Uh, it does cross my radar regularly, oh, does, and therefore, yes. and therefore, it is something that I do have to consider. And from time to time, those considerations increase, in because of the nature of what I do varies. It doesn't bother me on weeks when I, on at times when I'm working on projects that are unrelated to the broader uh, field of investigating. But it does, it does um, gain more of my attention when I'm actually looking at what uh, what they're doing and how they're doing it, and, and it gets you thinking about you know your role in it. And your your part in it, and the future of it in particular, because I enjoyed a period of uh, you know I, I remember back in the 1990s, um, before television ghost hunting became incredibly popular, That's where right. there were where there were very strong links that had developed between um, some of the academic researchers, the universities. And the amateur investigators, the, the the broader community, which was quite small back then, uh, but those links have gone; that the, they've disappeared. And the subject, the advancements of the subject, the knowledge of the subject, is the poorer for it. And I honestly don't think that you know, that in my lifetime it will um, we will reach those dizzy heights that we had in the 1990s and if you look in some areas of, of uh, paranormal study 
you know, in, in some ways, you could argue that the Renaissance, the Enlightenment, uh, never happened. Because reading through texts of uh, cases and accounts from the 1500s, you see that things that the, there were noises and there were objects being thrown and fires that were started and puddles of water that would appear or things were moved. I and know. that was a tr- good old and that, and that was a, yeah, it was, but that was a, those sort of events were attributed to demons. Then mm. we went through the Enlightenment and we understood a little more. Mm-hmm. And then we got to the 21st century, and if you switch on your television um, or, or your social media, what, and you read about cases where things are being thrown and objects are being moved and such, they're being attributed to demons again. Yeah, but then again, did, I mean, did you, you have forget to... 400 years of no, no. I mean, I, you know, I believe you know. You ask the Catholic Church, they'll absolutely disagree with you. They believe well, that the Catholic it is, Church it's... never changed. Yeah, exactly. Their and opinion they, never you changed. You know, they they've increased the number of their exorcists on, on the on I'm their not surprised. I'm not surprised. You can't. Yeah, the argument that the Catholic Church have never changed the views. I, I mean, they haven't. They have always ha- held that very same opinion. But the broader, if we look towards haunted houses, then there was a complete shift in how it was portrayed in the 1500s through to the 1900s and then the early 20th century to how it is now. It's almost gone back full circle to this attribution of it's a demon and it has to be exercised and it has to be fought and it's combated and it's malevolent. Very strange. But okay, so if if we believe that ghosts, uh, the disembodied souls, or intelligence, or whatever we want to call it, of humans, then why can't they portray themselves uh, as the popular thing of the year? Uh, demons, okay. People want to find demons. All right, I'll be a demon. So they they give you the information to make you believe that they're a demon. Because, I mean, after all, if they're an intelligent source, uh, they they can, as intelligent beings, then they can do pretty much what they want to do, I guess, or portray themselves as. I mean, there's always, a, there's always been uh, a, 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 what do you call it, a, a line or whatever that, saying that uh, spirits lie. And that's, as long as I've been doing this, I've always come across that in different uh uh, modalities and stuff. So you screwed one way or the other. <laughs> Thank God for the ad break. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we get on this, but uh, no, anyway, it's, it's just something. Something you want to talk about? So there you go. Yeah, it's something I thought I would raise, and I'm now regretting. Yeah. It is a tune, so I've got to go. Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International, Steve Parson and Ron Kolek right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio, hopefully. And we'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Tojanet. Radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? 
then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous. As we give awards to the Parax family. Of the Paranormal Philosophy Hour, where we tonight where we flog a dead horse each week. With yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with New England's very own Van Helsing and me, the UK's top ghost hunter, according to Seacoast World, Seacoast Online, Seacoast World, isn't that where that dolphin lives or something? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, no, I, yeah, so we've left it with, um, I think we'll move on, but just to sum oh, up. Yeah. In summary, um, demons are, are not there uh, in reality. They're just ghosts pretending to be demons because there you go. Fa- fashions have changed. Yep. Okay, Mike, moving on. What you got for is? So, I don't know. Did you get your point across on the whatever you were chatting about? I believe so. Okay. Right, good. But it wasn't no, a rant. It wasn't a rant. I said it rant. Did I call it a rant? You called no. it a rant. It's an observation. You point to cry. Yes. There you yeah. go. There go. Yeah. It was an observation. Yeah, very based diplomatic. On... I'm very diplomatic, you know. Based upon <laughs> sitting at the computer for a week. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, uh, uh, by the way, this show is brought to you by uh, Circles of Wisdom 386. Merrimack Street in Salem, New Hampshire, and of course the what is that? The Galant Messier, yeah, Galant Messier Family Law Group uh, in High Street in not the Andover, Massachusetts. So there you go. And speaking about circles, starting on the uh, third Tuesday of every month, I am bringing my paranormal study group back to circles. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll see if there's any interest in people trying to study something uh-huh. in the paranormal. So uh-huh. we'll find out. I'm going to explain why you were so defensive. Why is that? You're not going to bite the hand that feeds you, are you? I never bite the hand that feeds me. Oh, I always do. I love biting the hand that feeds me. Yes, I realize that. <laughs> I've made it a policy through all my life. Always so bite the, the hand that feeds you. going to love eating you when you die. Yeah, yeah. I've always made it a policy. Mm. Take anyway. the money and bite. Yeah, the uh, 
you know, I, I just happened to, uh, before the show, I put on the TV after I just got in from doing the driveway because of all the snow we had, 15, 16 inches, whatever the heck it is. But uh, I put on the Travel Channel, which had a haunting on. And normally I would just flish by rat, but I know that Leslie was on one of the shows in the case that I investigated, and I always intrigued me when I saw the the results that they got on that one. But there was also another show on in, with someone that you and I both know, actually, and uh, that was the Johnsons, and it's a story oh, yeah. of, of uh, how they got into the paranormal when they were youngins. And uh, it was a good story, a very compelling story. And, and I normally, I, I, you know, I look at those and I'm so skeptical about them. I really, you know, everybody has these experiences like this and that and that and this. And you get, you know, you get really skeptical about it. I don't know if you get, um, what's the word uh, I'm looking for, numb from them or because uh, you hear so many of them or you just whatever. It's just uh, I really am intrigued because that's the what everything's based on is the personal experience. But it, it just seems so elaborate now on the personal experience, and that pretty much goes along with what you were talking about earlier. But oh uh, yeah, you've got to have a, you've got to have a backstory. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you haven't if you haven't seen a ghost by the age of ooh, what six weeks old, I mean that's like you're I not a real did. investigator. I yeah, but that's think. that's the way it's going. Yeah. I mean... Oh, yeah, everybody's, oh, I've seen ghosts all my yeah, life. I grew up in a haunted I, I, house, blah, 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 I blah, have, blah. The only one I haven't yet seen, because you get it with the psychics, is I'm a natural-born ghost hunter. My <laughs> Actually, sorry, we do, because Alexander Holzer, who is training with um, her team and TV series based in, almost entirely upon the cases of her father. Hans. That's good. So, yeah, though we do have a natural-born ghost hunter in our mix. So, there you go. Trust me, I'm psychic. <laughs> yeah, that's a, famous, that's a famous expression. There are no experts in the paranormal is one, and trust me, I'm a... Oh, no, trust me, I know what I saw. Yeah, but trust me, I'm psychic is that game I, I gave you when you came over here. Yes, I know. <laughs> I like that, just the title of it alone. I have no clue what it's like. But anyway, uh, Have you played, haven't you played it yet? Oh no, never really? opened. I thought nope. Thanksgiving Day was all about stuff your face full of turkey, and then we'll sit around playing games for the rest of the day. No, that may be in the UK, but not here. Oh. Well, is it out to the stores to grab a bargain? No, no, no. Sit in front of TV and digesting your food and watching football. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Thank God we don't fight. Excuse me. Well, we do. We have Boxing Day, which is the same. You stuff yourself full of Christmas dinner leftovers and then watch football all afternoon. Yeah, but the only problem with that is the day after Christmas, so you get like two holidays in a row. It's kind of like, ooh. Well, you, yeah, but all you do is have a. We got a whole month between. To get yeah, back but yours, it's more like Christmas, an extended. The Christmas like feast. A, <laughs> yeah, but it's more like an extended bathroom break, isn't it? And a shopping spree before Christmas. So you do it all over again. We get it over and done with in two days. Mm. Have your Christmas tree up? Yeah, the Christmas tree went up on the 1st of December. It'll be down yeah. on the 26th. It's never survived beyond Boxing Day. <laughs> oh, you're a, bad, you're a bugger. Anyways. On the 26th of December, I'm sick to death of the bloody thing. 
Uh, I didn't stay up until uh, Epiphany, which is the when the Wiseman arrived at the uh, manger. So, what September? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so we, the interesting thing about the Wiseman is they were actually astrologers, which is kind of interesting. Well, they, 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 what, it's got the they little wise? bit of the because, little bit of the paranormal there. Well, there's a translation thing there, isn't there? Because some versions of the uh, some translators question what the the attribution of wise men or king, mm-hmm. because they're also called variously the three kings, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, hence, hence, in the Christmas Carol, it's not three, three kings, three wise men. Wise men of Orient yeah. are, is it? Yeah. And all of the different schoolboy versions of that carol, I remember. Yes. <laughs> Some of which but, are so politically incorrect these days that we'd be taken off air, even mentioning them. Yeah, right. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yep. So, Dan, uh, anything oh. new on the on the equipment front? Any new equipment that I should be running out to buy? Oh, I did. I I knew there was something. Yes, I saw a new piece of equipment. Really? Yes. Well, I mean, hardly a week goes by without Paranologies releasing some other doodad. Yeah, right, let me. I have to find this now because I brought it up. Uh, any anything new while I dig up for this thing? I thought you'd bought something new, or you just found something new. I did. Well, you, I, I, from what you said, I, I, I assumed that you'd bought something new. No, 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 no. My budget uh, right well, now is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I've had a few. I've had a. Few, it's not it's not new equipment, but new to me equipment is. I've had a few adventures with Paranormal Kitty. Um, oh, really? Any, Paranormal any Kitty. Wonderful, no. earth-shaking results. No, the bloody thing is set there resolutely quiet uh, in three haunted locations so far. Uh. Um, See, I, I mean, was reading. I, I was reading the. When I got back, I was reading the blurb about it, and it, <laughs> the, the best line happened to be that they created this um, extremely natural-looking cat. And there is also a dog version as well, but this mm-hmm. natural, this natural-looking cat, which you know, in order to fool the spirits uh, mm-hmm. who were drawn to animals, I I wouldn't describe it as natural-looking. I mean, you've seen it. No. Uh, For a have. dead cat, maybe. Um, not for any cat that I'm aware of, dead, li- dead living or otherwise. It doesn't look like it would fool. Well, it wouldn't fool me if I were dead or alive. So here's a couple of uh, pieces of equipment. And let me, yeah, go on. Let's let's talk about equipment a little bit because uh, okay. get your opinion on it because I trust you. I mean, you you are well grounded in science, and uh, you can tell me if there's anything <laughs> valid. And what's that? I said, well grounded in science and shit. <laughs> but uh, so this is a an interesting thing. It, it's called the. Whoop! Stop moving around. Ghost box. Oh. Go, ghost box Faraday wallet. Okay. And as a description, this wallet shields your S box or SB seven spirit box from uh-huh. radio interference, such as uh-huh. music and commercials. These wow. two pockets include one sleeve lined with a <laughs> Faraday cage material that blocks out radium frequencies, uh, thereby eliminate music and talk radio. It also okay. ensures that the audio. Wait a minute, it also ensures that the audio is coming from the ghost box. Is right. not right. 
is not broadcast radio, providing mm. cleaner results. The other pocket is online, perfect for storing your SD card. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, well, there we are. Yeah. Um, so what do you think? Well. Yay and nay. No, definitely yeah, nay. Save your money. I mean, <laughs> what? Well, Faraday, yeah. wallet. Well, hang on a minute. Let's just look at this because uh, you you could actually achieve a very similar result by wrapping the SB7 in, in tinfoil. Yeah. Um, because, however, the Faraday cage principle actually won't work um, with with vis-a-vis the wallet because it's not. Well, there are, there are electromagnetic reasons that relate to frequency and the way that frequency interacts with objects and structures in its path. However. All of that withstanding, a Faraday cage requires one additional um, item, uh, necessity, in that it, it has to be grounded. Oh, grounded, okay. And if you just wrap your ghost box in a piece of tinfoil... This is pretty much because it says it's silver it, lining. lining yeah, it's, 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 it's basically it, some type of... You yeah. can buy these RFID blocker uh, wallets now. Um, mm-hmm. which you can put in your pocketbook for you Americans. And you put your credit cards in, and it stops um, you know, these uh, touch skimmers yeah. like having contactless payment. Because contactless cards, um, as they approach the reader, they respond like a transponder and emit a little electromagnetic chirp, which is your... Uh, authorization and if you have one of these sweep scanners you can read cards if you're in, in proximity so they've developed this uh, a lot of wallets pocketbooks that are for sale now include this rfid blocking technology which is quite simply a metallic uh, fa- um, thread woven through the fabric and so it disrupts the it disrupts the far- the, the uh, in a form of faraday cage uh, if you wrapped your SB7 in, in tinfoil, yes, it would affect the signal. It wouldn't remove. It would remove some of the signals, but it wouldn't remove the strongest signals. And also, in order to hear the sounds from the damn thing and to twiddle with the knobs and press the buttons, this thing has got to have some form of uh, aperture or a hole. No, it says you, uh, you put them on and just shove them in. That's it. Well, how do you hear the speaker? Yeah, that was. I saw a question on that. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, get, I didn't get to read it, but uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, not, you see, not, without, without without proper grounding, um, yeah, it will it will absolutely decrease the amount of RF that is picked up by the device. Um, it won't block it. You can ne- You can't say with any certainty after using one that. Um, that you know, you can now exclude all radio, all local radio stations and other man-made terrestrial broadcasts from. Therefore, it must be the words of the spirit or the telephone call from Cal. Um, but you know, I don't know how much they're charging for it. But you can just wrap a piece of tin. Thirty foil. bucks. Oh well, how much is a roll of tin foil? A dollar. Yeah, probably. There you go, wrap a dot, wrap a, uh, and then you can dispose of it safely uh, and responsibly by recycling it into the environment afterwards and take a fresh piece on each investigation. Because obviously, you know, you don't want one that's been pre-used because you could have spirits and things attached to it. Right, right exactly. Yeah, All right, so, so um, this is an old one, but now it has uh, temperature with it. Is the REM pod with temperature? 
All right. Well, I've seen different variants of the REM pod. Are you familiar with the REM pod? Oh, yes. Yes, I've, I've okay. had hands-on with several versions of the REM pod. Uh-huh. With an all-new design, the REM pod use, uses a telescope antenna to hmm. radiate its own independent magnetic field around the instrument. The EM can be easily influenced by materials and objects that conduct electricity based on source proximity. Uh, the strength in the EMF's distortion, they have four different colored lights, of course, and any combination. Uh, REMPOD is intended to further help promote and advance paranormal research. Do you know, uh, this technology, the REMPOD technology, is actually incredibly old. It goes back to the dawn of the 20th century uh, with the invention of, and do you know what, I'm frantically trying, I can't remember the name of the damn instrument. The, there was an instrument that was developed in the early part of the 20th century, um, which had um, antenna on it. And the person playing it basically played the free air between the two antenna. And it made these like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Some, yeah, yeah. Not the mood synth- synthesizer. No, 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 no. You didn't press anything. You just waved your hands around in front of it, and you interacted with the electromagnetic yeah. field that was set up between the two antenna. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I and I can't exactly remember the name of the damn thing now. Um, but anyway, that's what a REM pod does. That's what they all the REM devices, all these uh, REM pod emitting devices do. But they have colored lights. I don't care what it has. Um, it, it, it's, it's a principle not dissimilar to a metal detector. Um, yeah. But in this case, what you have is, is a circuit uh, that is, uh, generates a field around the antenna. And if you put your hand, which basically is a, a, a bag of wet liquid in front of the thing, uh, it's conductive, it disrupts the electromagnetic field, that disruption is picked up and amplified by the other circuit, which is then turned into a tone or a light. In the case of a musical instrument, uh, the varying pitch and uh, frequencies were... Uh, I just wish I could remember the name of the damn thing. Gotcha. Uh, the closer you put your hand, the, it, it would change notes. It could change. You could make it change lights or, mm-hmm. or ring bells. You could have it do anything, basically. See- this, and that's what a REM pod is. This, this, okay, this kind of irritates me a little bit. It says uh, here, uh, press the switch uh, momentarily to go through the sensitivity range settings. And it has sensitivity one is a purple LED. Sensitivity two is a purple and a red. Uh, sensitivity three is a purple, red, blue. And the, it goes four, purple, red, five. And finally, purple, red, whatever, blue, yellow, green. So, but it doesn't really tell you other than you have more lights to light up. Uh, uh, anyway, oh, wait, wait, wait. yeah. Oh, here it is. Sensitivity will increase approximately twenty percent. So wow. you have no value to start with. So you're increasing a no value twenty percent. That's good. Yeah. Um, what I was wishing on about is called the theremin. Yes, that's it. Yeah. The theremin was, and um, for those listeners who aren't aware of it, this was a product of Soviet research into proximity sensors. The instrument was invented by a young Russian physicist named Lev Termin uh, or Leo Theremin. 
in October 1920, after the outbreak of the Russian Civil War, uh, and he took this device on a, an extended tour of Europe, playing the new instrument to packed houses. Theremin then moved to the United States, where he patented this musical instrument in 1928 and granted the commercial production rights to RCA. Um, and they called it the Thereminovox. And in fact, you said about Moog, or was it Moog earlier? Yeah, um, the Moog synthesizer. Yeah. Well, Moog, was... Moog, Moog had a version of the theremin called the Etherwave. Yeah, that's uh, the one I was thinking about. Yeah, uh, which was assembled from a theremin kit. The loop antenna uh, controlled okay. the volume, and the upright antenna controlled the pitch. And that is actually the basis of all of the REM pods. It's actually also the basis of Paranormal Kitty. Paranormal Kitty has two wires, one that leads to the, the nose and the other leads along the back and up towards the tail. And, of course, it senses the proximity of someone. You, you, you've seen me, uh, you know, if you pick it up or go near it, it meows and it gets louder into a a howl and a wail if you go now and it's got different sensitivity settings by pressing the button in, in different combinations but it's a theremin mm -hmm. so what we really want paranologies to do if they're so uh, so wonderful and the the rem pod inventors let's get the ghosts playing music because Here it's it should be possible oh and incidentally if anybody's interested in hearing a theremin uh, have a listen to the Beach Boys' 1966 single, Good Vibrations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so funny. I was just playing the Beach Boys yesterday when I was setting the tree up. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah the and oh. Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin used one um, in Whole Lot of Love. And the Rolling Stones uh, also... Um, oh, and here, a Boston-based uh, Boston band, the Lofars, uh, formed in 1997... Uh, have released a number of CDs that have featured as many as four theremins playing at once, which mm. they claimed as a, um, a first for music. Mm. There we are. So we now have this, this thing, which is a must-have for most ghost hunters, and that, of course, is the full-spectrum and infrared, infrared dual switching light. Wow. So that you want to see in the dark, you can switch on the infrared, and then you have the full spectrum. Which, which... is basically, well, you know what full spectrum light looks like, don't you? Which be white light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to see in full spectrum light, put your torch on. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> full, say full spectrum mode utilizes the six LEDs included, four infrared one ultraviolet, and one green for visible light. Well, that's bollocks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, yeah, full, full spectrum means, I mean, how far are you extending the, the um, light spectrum? Because the electromagnetic light, the electromagnetic uh, portion of the electromagnetic spectrum the portion thereof that pertains to light does extend from around 320 nanometers, um, which is the ultraviolet end, uh, a way off up the other end, um, 8, 9, 1200 nanometers, which is the infrared end. Now, everything between them is the, spe is the, the light spectrum, the spectrum that is defined as mm. light. 
Uh, above that, you have the uh, the heat band, so the the high infrared band, and below that, you, you start to get into the the um, radiation bands below ultraviolet. Now, if you're going to say it's full spectrum, then you have to include all the spectrum, all all they the green light for all that. Well, yeah, but that but that's mono that's mono frequency light. Um, the thing about the thing about leds is that they are normally mono frequency um except for the white ones and some of the limited ones so if you buy a red led or if you use a red led it is giving you a very narrow wavelength of light much narrower than you would get by filtering or putting a you know a red cover over a white uh, tungsten lamp light bulb um, likewise with green, blue, and, and other primary color LEDs, uh, they are what are known as monofrequency light sources, uh, as are laser lights. Now, that's not full spectrum. So if you're using green, then you're providing the green spectrum, which off the top of my head is 800-ish nanometers. Um, you're providing ultraviolet, which is down in the 300s, and you're providing infrared, which is 8, 9, 10, you know, 8, 9,000 nanometers. Um, but nothing in between. You've got no, you've got no, you are not portraying full, full spectrum light. The other problem with full spectrum photography and videography has always been that, as you said before in our previous discussion, that we're studying human experience. And you are there because, usually, somebody said, and in fact, the, the, you have that facility, if you want to see in daylight or white light, or you have a full-spectrum light, because our eyes only see in a very narrow band between about 400 and 700 nanometers. Very narrow band. Which means that if somebody saw a something, an apparition perhaps, it would be in that frequency range, not in the ultraviolet or the infrared. Sure. So why are you even looking there? Because, I, you know, I can't figure that out myself unless... I know, I'm figuring out for the, for the, you know, the listeners. Well, I'm just explain the technical side of it. What, what are the, because it works well with the, Paravision, a book coming out in 2021, which considers this in detail. <laughs> there you go. The, uh, the, one of the theories, of course, is, is that the spirits dwell in the, dwell in the infrared range, and it's only under certain conditions where they become visible. Right. And, and, indivisible lanes so therefore you could use infrared if they do dwell in that well you could also say that some people theorize that spirits live in chip packets and so you should peer, you should peer into chip chip packets in order to look chip for spirits you, you, you know uh, we were calling chris bags here in the uk you, yeah. you you can theorize that they live, you know, with the bottom of swimming pools or in attics or you can you can't justify the fact that you're trying to sell some some glorified LED monstrosity that you've made on the kitchen table with a few LEDs that cost you a couple of dollars and then sell it to the gullible 
on we we've got guys over here in the uk that do that they sell these full spectrum video lights um they've got you know a red one a green one a blue one an ultraviolet one an infrared one and it's yours for 60 pounds and it'll help work with your sls camera and blah 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 full uh, pure full spectrum uh, light you can achieve very simply by using a cree led uh, white light emitter because it's a broad spectrum uh, light if you want to then put an infrared and an ultraviolet on just to be uh, overkill you can do but you know f- full spectrum photography is actually a bit of a nonsense moreover digital photography allows you to do a really cool trick uh, because of the nature of digital photography now as you know light is made up of three primary colors red green and blue uh, and that if you want to examine or look at the world through one particular uh, wavelength, then you would filter it. So you would put a, a red filter in front of your camera or your eyes in order to see the red light, a blue, etc., etc., etc. With digital photography, you can reverse the process. So if you take an ordinary photograph with your digital camera, you can selectively look at and it only works with the raw output from the from the camera so you can't do it with a jpeg but you can hey really we're in tunes well all you do is you just look at the color channels of your digital photograph. well and the color channels might as well we didn't go. hear the bell no we didn't um, hear the bell we are no out bell. of time no anyways bell. that show was brought to you by uh, circles of wisdom 386 yeah. merrimack street in methuen massachusetts and the glant messier family lockers in high street and not the end of massachusetts tune Where's in next bell? week good night god bless good night god bless did we get a nobel prize Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.